You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today, we welcome back Zach Evanesh. Zach is a strength and performance coach located in New Jersey. He started this, the underground strength gym in 2002 from his parents' garage and backyard. Since 2002, Zach has trained athletes from countless sports and has coached athletes from youth to D1 level, including Rutgers and Lehigh University. I might add he was also with us in Virginia Beach uh, training um, and coaching elite tier one spec ops. Zach is the author of the Encyclopedia of Underground Strength and the creator of two certifications, the Underground Strength Coach Certification and the SSPC Certification, which is the Strength and Sports Performance Coach Certification. And he is also a full-time high school strength coach and trains between 100 to 200 athletes every single day. So welcome, Zach. Thanks, guys. Yeah, buddy. Marty, uh, Marty's got something to say here. Um, Yeah, no, no. I mean, Zach, how long have we known each other? We started chatting when I got a hold of your book, Purposeful Primitive. And uh, I don't know why we did not connect before that. I think you were tough to get a hold of. You you know, you still don't didn't have a website. So we started chatting. It's it's been a while. When did you uh, release that book? I can't even remember so long ago that but i'm just saying that that we've been in communication for a lot of years yes i think that uh i think what zach brings to the party and what i like most is that in our world we you know our world is the strength world and within the strength world you have to continually put a finer point on it Absolute strength, explosive strength, sustained strength. Um, my people, we corner the market in absolute strength. You know, explosive strength is the Olympic lifters. I think of Zach as a sustained strength uh, grand maestro. I mean, that's just, that's the thing, you know. And I think it's a critical, critical type of strength that has to be has to be thought about before it's pursued because people really don't know what they're doing and i think a lot of it has to do that they really don't understand about sustained strength they don't consider it as a separate and distinct it gets mixed up with cardio a lot right and we have phrases like what zach uh, bigger gas tank right yeah, I think people complicate it, to be honest with you. They, you know, they, as you see, as you know, they complicate things and they do uh, just circuit training with too light of a weight. So you don't really develop what we call strength endurance, the same strength. And so you still need heavy and moderately heavy weights to develop that, that strength endurance. And so that's, um, that's what I see a big mistake is. Um, the, the more I pick up knowledge wise, it still comes back to, well, that guy's just not strong enough. That's what it is. He's not strong enough and he can't be strong enough through repeated, <clears throat> repeated bouts. So yesterday I was training um, at this high school. I mean, it's, it's packed. It's a madhouse. I get all these teams, but when a new kid comes in, 
Yesterday, a kid, you know, struggled to do push-ups. He did 10, then he did five, then he could do three. He's like, oh, I can't, you know, this is so hard. I said, in the beginning, that's what happens. You get weaker every set. But if you keep training and we keep getting you stronger, you know, you do sets of 10. And that's if you look at like MMA, jujitsu, wrestling, boxing, it's basically the ability to continue putting the pressure on somebody as opposed to you come out of the gate kicking ass and then you gas out, out. you get, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you run out of gas. There's also, no, 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 let's move. We have other people here too, Zach. Jimmy. <laughs> what the? G- Jimmy has trained people for 30 years. He knows all about this topic. Sustained strength, Jim. Take it away. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I think Zach is cornering the market on that because what he does is he builds a foundation with the basic lifts. This is my philosophy also. Build that foundation. Let's, let's say you're training a wrestler. It's training a boxer. You know, Zach has a lot of wrestlers in his facilities. But you always see them doing the basic stuff, the deadlifts, the squats, the presses, and all that. Then the once they get a certain strength level, right, or this will start to increase as they, as they get more uh, advanced, then you start adding in the farmer's walks and the really intense, uh, you know, rucking and, and the heavy bag carries and all that stuff, right, Zach? Zach? He's, he's on, but I, I wanted to say one thing. He's probably got a bad connection. I remember when we were in Virginia Beach and he's uh, having the guys go through this um, this strongman stuff. And, and yeah. they had requested him. They wanted to learn the strongman and, and all these different things. So Zach came in and I just remember he's having guys run like a half a football field, 50 yards with 100 pound, 100 pound dumbbells. Yeah, yeah. Bring that up, man. JP. Yeah, it, it's on. We're we're on. Well, I'm saying late, late, later on, bring that up. That's that's a good point. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was saying was, you know, you gotta have that foundation. I think that that's both of our philosophies. Oh you know. but he had a good point. He had a good point. A lot of People aren't using any weight. They're using too light a weight. Yeah, I've seen what what Zach's doing. He's got them loaded up with weight. You know, <laughs> performing sustained strength. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he still has them start For off real. With, with teaching them yeah. the form and the basic stuff. Yeah, and and, and he's not going to kill anybody. He's, I mean, he's making tip top people run with hundreds. He's not making beginners. Well, uh, he, I listen. Would, I know these handle, guys are already. He'd handle a beginner different, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know these guys are at the top of their game and, you know, elite guys. But it was just it was just funny to see guys like literally running with 100 pound dumbbells yeah. in their hands. Yeah. Well, they're not going to pick the 50s. Those guys yeah. going to pick the 50s. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you remember. What, what, were some, what were some of the other things that they did? Do you remember? They were well, carrying each other. Were they, were they carrying each other? I don't remember. That. No, they were doing sled. They were doing sled. Uh, yeah, I don't think they right. were doing something very heavy. They were carrying something because I remember Josh fell and got up, fell again, got up, fell again, and then finished. I remember that. Well, Zach, are you on? Yeah, I'm good. Jeez. Keep it going. 
Well, well, you, you're here. We wanted to ask you, without mentioning any names, when we were at the top secret military base together, yep. uh, but what was the routine? What did you have the guys do? We were trying to remember because we liked yes. we liked it. If you could kind of recreate that. So the warm-up was like a modified gymnastics warm-up. So I just got them doing some basic movement stuff. Then we did hand walking, some buddy carries. Whoa, 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 whoa. stop, back up. Buddy what, is hand, what is hand, just tell us what everything, what is hand walking, what is buddy carry? People don't know old, what these are. Old school phys ed class where somebody grabs your ankles, you walk on your hands, but the way I What's taught that? it to them. What is that? What is that? That's a buddy carry? That's the uh, hand walking, or some people call it wheelbarrow. the partner partner wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's like doing a wheelbarrow, except <clears throat> I don't. I told the guys when you're the guy walking on his hands has to squeeze the other guy's hips with the legs. Yeah. So it's yeah. up. It's a lot of abs, shoulders, yeah. arms, and even your legs. Yes, are working, we, and it also. And how, uh, how, what, how, what was the distance? I think we did that full turf, which dude, it was like forty and back, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely could have been something like a hundred feet. <laughs> and what was interesting was those guys threw me for a loop because you had some guys that were very light. You had guys that I think looked like they might be one hundred thirty-five pounds. Then you had some guys we didn't have. I know you had some bigger guys there before, but we did have some heavier guys. And, you know, they all, it, it, for them, I, I felt like it was kind of going to be like a memory of going through their selection process because they got to do that yeah. exercise a lot. But you know where yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of that stuff going on, Marty, was if you look, I'm able to kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not a fan sometimes of the internet, but the positive of it is I'll come across wrestlers from Chechnya, Dagestan, Russia, and I'll see them training in the mountains with stones and oh, just, yeah. and it, and to me, that's why they kick ass because oh, they're well, in, the, I love it. The, be, Jeff, the best one was the, um, uh, the kid who eventually beat everybody. Co Connor McGregor, Khabib. Everybody. Yeah. The one who, and they had the great video of him as a, I don't know what a seven-year-old wrestling the bear. Yes. His dad and was his coach. And it's incredible. And, and, and he's just, he, he wrestles the bear and it's a little bear and, you know, they're like a bear cub and a little boy and they go back and forth and back and forth and they kind of, it's counter like here comes the bear and, and the kid gives. And then, then the kid actually learned to do a takedown on the bear by grabbing yeah. him up by his heel and he'd pull him up in the air and push him up in the chin and the little bear would go over backwards and they'd have a takedown on the little bear and they go back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Well, you know, now keep that up for 20 years. Yeah. And then turn them loose on the world. Right. <clears throat> and you got something. But that's that. Yeah. That's the oldest of old school. That's and it was primitive. A hundred percent. And <clears throat> that guy, there's a great documentary on him. They show him swimming in one of the rivers, but going against the tide, <laughs> cold water. Yeah, they're they're maybe their backyards are maybe with some maybe with some stones stones. Yeah, in his they show them trains. They show him. They show him and his teammates running the mountains. 
Where and training with this? stones. I must, I must see this. Is this a YouTube thing? I'll I'll put do, I'll have to uh I'll find it. Um, find it for me. I send it to all it. of us. That's it. Might be called. Uh, <laughs> it might be called Chronicles of Dagestan. Might be. I have to find it. Well, you find but it. You also. You it We're depending on you. Okay, you're college oh, educated. Yeah. You can do it. That to me is better studies than yeah. a lot of these fancy books. I get to did see you, what what the best wrestlers that? in the world do. Did you see the one with? Of Clarence Kennedy of the Clifford. He has a 16-minute video out which follows him. He started off as a trickster and oh, yes. amazing. You know, and the the thing that freaked me out is in the height of his uh, parkour, he jumps off a 22-foot building, Crazy. lands on a lands on a concrete floor, does a front roll, jumps up and runs away. And I was like self-taught. And then and yeah, well, you know, crazy Irish ghetto kid, right? And then yes. I don't know, five years later, he's at seventeen. He snatches three hundred, weighing one seventy, and I'm like, what? Yeah, like, that, but but yeah. he can still do successive cartwheels in a Catholic uniform a hundred yards, right? And he has a that thing where the you run up and you put your foot in the wall and do a backflip. What's important that. about that is he started it. When you do something at a younger age, <clears throat> it stays with you. So let's say a kid mm. has done gymnastics. It just like not crazy serious, but at age seven, eight, and nine, it's not odd for that kid as a 16 year old to be able to walk along around on his hands, do muscle ups. Oh, yes. And so if those early yes. years are missed. Yes. Yeah. When those early years are yes. missed. Yes. Kids struggle. Yeah. 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 And, and a yeah. young kid has zero fear, <clears throat> zero fear of trying things. As people Correct. Get older, they start to think, they doubt themselves and they think, how can I do this? Or, or I'm scared to do this. And a young kid, yeah, give it a shot. You fall on your ass. Who cares? You know, you just get up and do it again. Um, but right. yeah, so that eliminates that fear when you can do it as a young, at a young age. And it, it develops a base, so like a base that's almost hard for me to put into words but i recall <clears throat> early years of my first warehouse gym there was a kid two kids like that they did gymnastics in like second and third grade that's it <clears throat> they were wrestlers and this really could apply to any athlete i know i have a lot of wrestling stories so people think that's all who it, it could apply to but that's incorrect but long story short one of our strongest kids wrestled one of those kids who had that gymnastics background. And he said to me, he goes, I wrestled Ryan. And he goes, I can't describe the strength. He's like, but it was a weird kind of strength where like when he grabbed me, I never felt something like that before. You've been grabbed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, when he had a hold of my wrists and forearms, like I, I just couldn't get out. Yeah. And it just proved to me that you need those early uh, gymnastics, body so type thing. I am so down with that. Well, that's uh, the Russian that philosophy. So that's the Russian philosophy forever. Well, yeah. and Marty, you're always talking about how uh, most of the greatest power lifters that, that uh, you've known and, and uh, had experience with were great uh, athletes early on, you know, football, yes. whatever, baseball. Yes, yes. A lot track of wrestlers. athletes. A lot of wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Look at the bodybuilders of the 50s and 60s. Even some of them from the 70s, yeah, the hand um, hand. correct. They were often um, 
kind of like a du- duel. They would be powerlifter and bodybuilder or weightlifter and bodybuilder or hand balancing acrobatic plus bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. Even Robbie Robinson was <clears throat> supposedly, you know, like a high level high school football player. And so, oh, I believe that. yep. Think about, um, I'm going to kind of tie it in, like remembering what I did with the guys when we were in Virginia beach. Um, basic oh, yeah. you, should, stuff. you should also finish out, finish out that what we, so what, let me set the, set the stage. Um, yep. so we took the guys, we had a, uh, we would go in for five days at a time with a bunch of tier one guys, different, actually some foreign tier one guys too, that, that joined us. And so we would always have a sustained strength, strength endurance section. And the best way to do that rather than, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to what swing kettlebells, I guess. I don't know. So we said, we'll just turn them over to Zach. So we gave Zach a couple hours. And so we took him out into the, uh, they have a, um, like a, Quantum yeah. hut kind of out correct astroturf kind of place i think it's uh 50 yards or 50 meters so he would set up so first they had us drag out a bunch of implements right i brought and heavy men kettle kettlebells <clears throat> kettlebells what else we got dumbbells they had sled they actually had sleds in the in that like okay. uh outdoor so, area all right so sleds Kettlebells were already there. We okay. brought out dumbbells and I brought okay. with me those heavy sand filled medicine balls. I think I got like a 70, a 80 and a hundred. And you know what Brad Gillingham told me, Marty, <laughs> he messed me up on this. Brad he was, was telling me that. Yeah. He's telling me that he had guys farmer walking one fifties. So I bought the 150 pound med ball and mm-hmm. I'm like, who the hell? Like these guys are going to carry the one fifty. And one of the guys had like a hamstring injury already. So I played it a little bit conservative and didn't go over the hundred. And I'm glad I didn't. But he told me when he was there, he had guys, light guys, farmer walking 150 pound dumbbells. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I was telling the story. uh, You had guys running with hundreds. They were running down the field. You know, I didn't uh, actually. Well, actually, uh, we those were those were guys that could race with hundreds, right? And they were. And by the way, I feel like we did not have. I was. That was the one time I went with you. The, that was not the biggest group, like the big guys. If you recall, I know I'm jumping around, Marty, but I don't know if you noticed this when Phil Wagner did his presentation. There yep. was one of the guys in the in the. Uh, weight room the big bubble thing they were in he was benching 385 he was like six foot four he had headphones on and he was like dancing <laughs> in between yeah. sets and benching yeah. i saw three plates and a 35 and i was like all right we don't have all the big guys in our group because it was like an optional learning you know for them if they wanted to do it the um you know most of the guys kind of were on average of like 165 pounds in that group and that's freaking strong to be running with hundreds. But when I think about it, I'm sure their gear is oftentimes 80 to 120 pounds and they're doing well, it for hours on end. Jim, was that when Hope, now was that when there's a yeah, he was special, around. I believe special he was. boat service, a SBS guy named Hope, 
Yeah. Now I have distinct memories of him. Didn't you have? Didn't they have like a weird noodle thing to carry? He, he won. He won some stuff. He was so fast and competitive. Was that, was that with you, Zach? Did you? I might have been with Brad. Nope. Maybe it was with Brad. Probably Brad. I brought the heavy medicine balls. We had one. One year. One year. Um, this guy's maybe five six. I mean, he's lean as a steel post, maybe one hundred and fifty five pounds. But he's like Jackie Chan kind of guy, right? That kind of agility. And that's what they, well, I won't say that's what they use him for, but that's one of the things he does. They say that he is able to go up the side of a cruise ship with magnets in his hands and on his feet. Uh. Okay. How'd you like that job? Plus, you got to jump off of a speeding rubber boat. Oh, if you fall, you're done. You have to be <laughs> right. You know so that. Then, kind of stuff? So this same guy, this same guy now. So Brad had him doing doing the the strongman circuit, and one of the things uh, they had a big noodle. And it, Jim, you were there. I can't remember. I think it was a hundred pound. Might have been hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, like the Bulgarian sandbags over their necks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But and it was some huge weight. Uh, yeah. Might have been two hundred pounds. I can't remember. Anyway. This little guy was just, I mean, he was a locomotive. Um, yeah. he, he was so short, he was dragging it on the ground, and yet he beat everybody. Oh, I remember the story. You guys had mentioned that. those. See, those implements, if they weigh 100, once you start moving them, they feel like yes. 200. Because yes. they're, yes. all, they're all over the place. But here's yes. what I was saying um, earlier, Marty. If you looked at the way bodybuilders trained – in the like 60s, there, especially I remember Dave Draper, a lot of supersets. So if he was yep. benching, he was doing barbell row or doing pull-ups. They would do RDL coupled yep. with something else. I, I had read about Robbie Robinson said he loved sprinting in the sand. And so I took and looked at what those kind of silver and golden era bodybuilders did, which was a lot of strength endurance which was their cardio. They lifted weights at a very fast pace, which helped them yep. stay lean. And that I also feel when we do that, we build tougher athletes. And um, here's that's how a, I assess. That's, that's a good, oh, no, but, 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 but. Take, take a breath. <sighs> All right, now, I like that. That is actually, Bill Pearl one time told me, because I talked to Bill on a, regular basis for a number of years and he said because you know that was always a question well you know the bodybuilders of that area they didn't do any cardio cardio really didn't start until the 80s and john perillo was, was very much at the forefront of that movement before that everyone said oh don't do cardio tears down your muscle yeah, plus your well, yeah, it tears, it tears down your muscle if you're running 15 miles of you know at a crack and and are really a good runner don't worry, you're not. Your inefficiency will keep you from tearing down muscle, trust me. So anyway, getting back to the point, those guys did know, did know direct cardio, but their twice-a-day double-split training sessions were, as I went to the trouble to add it up, Zach Arnold was doing 700 oh, sets a week. It's insane. 700 sets a week, doing six times a week. 12 times a week, you went to the gym, right? 12 times a week, twice a day. You do all these little stuff in the morning, calves, abs, forearms, 
these guys were doing more forms than we they were training their forms for more sets than some of my guys are doing their entire strength training workout. Makes sense for forearms. Yeah. 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 You know, that's you know, why my, you know, my, my son, my Sunday guys might do what four sets to get to their top set of the squat, four or five sets in the bench, you know, deadlift, overhead press. They're done in 25 sets. These guys, they're just finished training their forearms. Those guys so did, I, they were active though, outdoors, like the guys that were somewhere on the beach, some, they're somewhere, swimming, yeah. running, biking. Tan, 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 tanning is not. An exercise. <laughs> I'm not talking about tanning, but look, they were they were active. For us, the training yeah. is just fast pace because I've seen that if you're not moving at a fast pace and you're an athlete or you're military or law enforcement, you lose the kind of grit that's needed. And so I've been able to watch our athletes compete this year more than ever, kind of stepped away from constantly being in my gym plus COVID I, I was constantly in there. So now I go to watch the football games and I watch, okay, when you're running with the ball and somebody tackles you, do you get pulled down or back? Or are you able to run through one guy or run through two to three guys? Same thing with defense. Like I want to see what do you do to them and how do may, you may last? I a, may I interject the point? Yes. It's much better if your ass on heel squat is 400, then if it's 200. Plain as day. Oh, that's it. I mean, I, if you got, if you guys would hear me coaching, it would sound like I'm just echoing what you say to these athletes. And at the last game, we had a close football game. Our football team's five and oh, we did not have good years. And I'm not saying, oh, it's because we're so strong. But we had the year to train, whereas the previous year we didn't. And my buddy said this, too. He was with the Falcons. He was talking. He measured frequency of strength training. And he said, the less we trained, the more we lost. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge factor in high school. Even in, he's talking in the NFL because the guys get to the NFL. Yeah. And sometimes they think they shouldn't put a bar on their back or they shouldn't squat at all you know so on dan, and so forth dan, dan riley had a what a decade-long run at the redskins doing nothing but nautilus he he was anti-barbell yeah but he also had those guys <laughs> you know yeah I'm just saying, the, well, the, uh, the Red, and the late. redskins were and trust me the redskins were never a power the redskins never manhandled nobody they were a skill a and finesse, finesse team they were not a they were not a they were not a muscle team Look, yeah, look, even uh -huh. Penn State, I think, was a hammer strength yeah, Nautilus place. Guys. I knew, uh, yeah, I, I knew, I didn't know those guys personally, but I hung out in places where those guys were. Those yeah. guys were big fat guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing they is, not, what, they were not, they were not Lawrence Taylor. No. Okay. No. Well, I think they were not Riley, the steel curtain. With Riley, you just get those genetic guys and they're going to get to a certain level of strength with those machines, not as. You know, there's good. Oh, better, oh no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, absolutely. But what it I'm saying good. is it's oh, good. Yeah. There's, there's good, better and best. That was just good. Yes. You know, the yes. Oh, I, yeah. He had a I think he's in the NFL strength coach Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's they, he's, he's revered. Jim. Um, yeah. So Can I ask I, Jim I, a question? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you a question, uh, JP. Did you have any experience with Nautilus? 
Nautilus, uh, early on, using the machines, yes, somewhat. Did you, did you were able to get any results from from Nautilus? Well, I don't know. I mean, that was like way back when I first started. Okay. No, so nothing recent. Nothing, nothing very consistent. No. Okay. I always thought they were. Overrated. I was no Casey Viator. Let's just say that. It's a, no. <laughs> well, I think Casey built all his muscles yeah, barbells was, and dumbbells yeah. before he ever met Nautilus. Sure. And sprinting. He said he oh. loved. He would oh. sprint. That's the yeah. that's the dirty oh, world wow. of in, endorsement for you. Oh, I'll laugh. We clubbed the run. And then the Nautilus yeah, guys. That Nautilus rid- guys built uh, hammer strength. Yeah, John's. Uh, okay. Jones' son. Oh, the son. Uh, Arthur Jones. Gar- that was uh, Gar- uh, Gary Jerry Jones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were in Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah, we had a leg extension. We had a leg extension machine that Arthur Jones' son designed. It was at such an angle. This was at Penn that you could do like three reps, and you would be. I would be yelling out loud. The lactic acid would build up after like three. Where the angle was such. Well, that sounds. I mean, was it that sounds good, right? Oh, oh those the best thing, the best thing about these Nautilus machines early on were they were the size of a car. They literally had like roll oh, bars and everything oh. just in case the ceiling caved in or whatever. They were massive. Sec- you had to take out a second mortgage in your house. To yeah. get it. They, they, well, there were I think there were 13 of them. You had six down each row, one at the end, and every mall in America had a Nautilus. And they had these guys with um, sports shirts with their names on it, and they had clipboards, and uh-huh. every mall had a Nautilus. Jim, did you belong to one? No. Well, in Shelby, North Carolina, there wasn't any gyms when I lived uh-huh. down there. So me and my buddy, Mark, uh, who I played football with, who was a 450-pound bencher, um, went into right. this Nautilus place. But it had free weights also. So... We, I, the guy comes up and he's like, oh, you want to join? Now, I'm weighing probably 260 at the time. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, do you lift weights? And I felt like, you know, knocking him into next week. But I looked at him and he had these tiny little arms and he had a pop belly and he was probably like 40 something and tiny little legs. And I was like, so you're the instructor? <laughs> Did he have dolphin shorts <laughs> on? be out of here in 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to go over to the spot rack over there. <laughs> 10 minutes to look like you, brother. That's a good one, man. <laughs> But yeah, that was my experience. Now, I will say this, like the Nautilus pullover, the Nautilus preacher curl as, as adjuncts, they're great machines if you can find them. Oh, I think now you got I machines thought, out there that are even better, you know. I thought you and Dorian were going to get a room. You guys were talking about how much you love the Nautilus pullover so much. The pullover, yeah. Dorian yeah, guys swears by you it. You guys couldn't stop talking about it. I was like, That's I still... Uh, <laughs> People are searching for that. You could find, you know, people hunted down for their garage gym to put, you know, they pick it up off Facebook. There was actually, I was up in Lake George over the summer and I saw in a near neighboring town, I think it was called Glens Falls. It had just closed down because of uh, after COVID. It was a full Nautilus. It may have even been called like Nautilus Fitness. And it's interesting that in some of these pockets of America, those kind of places still exist. In fact, when I opened up my gym nine years ago, there was a guy on the beachfront who was an old hit guy. You know, his gym had all the Nautilus and it had the spinoff companies that didn't, you know, last. His gym was loaded with uh, 
all that equipment. And so when I went there, my son was young. I took my son, Ethan, with me. I said, Ethan, don't tell mom that daddy's buying used gym equipment again. <laughs> he had a stacks of plates. And I said, can I, you know, look, keep looking. I knew there'd be Yorks under it. So I got York plates. I got the original half field safety squat bar for like 160 bucks. But his whole okay. gym was Nautilus. And he trained kind of like seniors and adults with one-on-one. He was doing the one all out set with them. Yeah, I could see that for a senior. Yeah. Maybe not yes. all out, but well, Zach, all out, you but uh, you recently did. Uh, I think you did a podcast with uh, Ivan over at Ivanko. Is that right? Oh yeah, it was awesome speaking with him uh, because I. Oh, and grew it's not awesome speaking with us. I love well, it. But what happened, Marty, was I've been using Ivanko equipment from that first gym I joined in 1990. And so I meet him and tell him all the stories of that first gym. The guy welded all the equipment and the whole thing, the, all the I plates were, were Ivanko's. Yeah, I remember talking to you, our first conversation, Marty, when I told you about the platform, you had written the article about the elevated platform at Chalet's yep. gym, I think. Yep, on the rubber tires. And that's what this guy had in the gym. And I mean... Genius. Absolutely. I'm shocked. I mean, that magazine is no longer in existence. And so, but that thing, I remember watching a guy drop five plates off his back. He just did it knowing, I guess, nothing could happen to the platform. <laughs> well, Zach, my point was real quick. Wood. My point was real quick with Ivanko. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to their, their warehouse over there in no. Southern California, but um you know, Tom Lincear, Ivan's dad, he's, yes. he's the uh, CEO of the company, started back in the 60s. Very interesting. And he's one of the, there's so much history there. He's one of the few guys that actually. Is he, is was, he one of us? He's one I of, yeah. He, he started as a bodybuilder. Oh, that's and cool. And had, had a passion for fitness. And he's looking at all the equipment going, no, no, everybody's doing all this wrong. So he decided to start making uh you know, free weights, dumbbells and things like that. But I've been to the location over there and speaking of vintage equipment, they have some really cool yes. old wooden benches. I don't know if he showed you all that, but it's really yes. cool stuff. I love it. I think you guys should try to get a hold of the dad, Marty. You, I think you'd love to chat with him. The, uh, the way Ivan spoke to me about his dad reminded me of Marty. He's like, well, Marty now has a cell phone, but the father does not want a cell phone. He said, Back in the day, he had like a, a burner phone when he would travel to, I think, uh, China or Japan. But yeah. he loves kind of the simplicity and the perfection of making something that others might say, well, hey, a squat is a squat. But what about yeah. all the nuances that make it? But uh, Marty, let's go back to um, kind of memor remembering our time in Virginia Beach. So the warm up was body weight and modified gymnastics. <clears throat> they did the hand walk where the partner grabs the ankles. Then now, they did the they, buddy carry. Well, okay, got, wait, wait, wait. Back. So, wait, wait. But they like, so they would start with the wheelbarrow? No, I started them real easy. I remember it was like body weight squats, 10 lunges, 10 yeah. push-ups, 10 okay. lateral lunges. So I did okay. basic body then weight. Then what? Then what? Then what? <clears throat> Then we started turning it up. Then it was jog forwards, jog backwards, jog skip forward, forward skip backwards. Forward, yards. All the way. We did the full turf, whatever that was. So I think it was 40 a 40 or yeah, 40 or 50 40. yard. Call it then, a 40. So 
40 up, 40 back, 80 all together. Keep going. Yep. Then it was a skip forwards and backwards. Then it was side shuffle. Then it was karaoke. Then it was what we call frog jumps. I know Jimmy wrote about it in like his book with the condition workouts where you squat low and you oh, yeah. I had them jump like five times. Then they had to sprint to the end of the turf, turn around, jump five more, sprint back. And uh, then it was hop on one foot. Then it was grab your partner by the ankles. He goes down, you go back. Then I think we did it again. And I said, if your elbows and wrists feel good, you're going to do three plyo push-ups, then walk on your hands. So we did it more than one set. And then getting, we did kettlebell I'm, I'm getting, stuff. I'm, I'm getting tired. Oh, man. Well, I want to ask Zach now. Zach, now those were the elite of the elite. Now, how would uh, are you training them differently than you would uh, your say high school athletes and all that? So are I you just giving those them less? Guys. Nope i I trained those guys. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like the worst connection today. I trained those guys exactly how I trained the uh, Division One wrestlers, which was taking them through all that gymnastics work, yeah. and ironically. Two of the brothers I had worked with at Blair Academy are now over there in Virginia Beach, or not so ironically. You know, they were not yeah. in the same. So uh, that is like um, another day at the office for these guys. Although, you know, they, you know, once they get so busy, their focus tends to be strength based, very much like what you guys are doing. But as they got into it, like the way they spoke to me, it was like, man, we haven't moved like that in a while. And they felt, good about it so there's a mental component to that and then we went into the weight room area which is where we did um the heavy lifting of the medicine balls but i gave them options so i said you could option one is squat down rip it over your shoulder option two lift it onto they had those uh, plyo boxes it was like uh world's strongest man's atlas stone loading yeah yeah Third option was stand sideways, lift it up, and rotate it. So that might be like you're loading up an armored what vehicle, thing pick like? it up. What is this? They thing had, like? I think I had 70, 80, and 100. I think okay. I brought the 150. I think I brought the 150. So they did one set of each position so that it's never like straight ahead or in this kind of perfect position. I almost wanted to mimic shitty positions so that when you're in a shitty position, when you're doing the real job. You're like, oh, I've been here before. And they're not, it doesn't mentally mess with their head, you know? And to me, that's a big aspect of training is that I want that training to have a carryover to real world stuff. So they have a, you know, a, a mental edge. So after we did that, then we did like a clean and press with the heavy medicine ball, but they threw it. So they cleaned it, threw it in the air, moved out of the way, or they had a partner standing 10 feet away. They would do a clean and throw kind of up and forward. So that was another element reps? of strength. Man, it was it, it was low. I think we were in like a five to okay. 10 rep range on stuff, well, but they did so. multiple sets. Oh, man. That's where I think we did five sets, so it was strength, endurance, the repeated How long ability. How taken? I mean, from the time you started this. <clears> we trained in less than an hour. We were done, I think, in 45 all minutes. Is done. Are you, but you're not done yet. Keep, keep going. Finish Correct. out. Then we did 
uh, pull-up ladders. So the guys lined yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You So let's say it was a line of five guys. You do one pull-up, go to the end of the line. Everybody else does one. Then we do two. Then we do three in a row. I think we did one, two, three, four, five. And we <laughs> repeated it. You had to use a different yes. grip. Uh, Every yeah. set. Overhand, wide, close, underhand. Like just yeah. mixing it up. So you're never stuck in a place where you're like, well, I've never used it this way. I never in whether I'm training somebody for sport or military, like, I don't want to hear that shit. You know, like we want to train for what might happen. So they did the pull up ladders. And I remember as they did them, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it up to five. I probably should have just done threes. One, two, three, one, two, three. After the ladders, I would sneak in. I remember throughout that workout, I snuck in hangs, having them just hang from pull-up bars to stretch. They did band pull-aparts to work their shoulder health. Then that's when we went back to the with that outdoor training area, and that's when we did the race. And to be honest, I was a little bit What do you mean the race? the race? Describe the race. What are you talking about? <laughs> did the a race. relay. So it was like farmer walk down and back. Farmer walk with what? They had... We had heavy dumbbells and heavy kettlebells, but what we did is we grouped the guys up according to size. So if you were over, let's say, I think I said, if you're over 100, we didn't have those. I didn't have guys over 200 in that group. I think one dude may have been 205. So I think it was like, if you're over 170, you're on this team. If you're under 170, you're on this team. So the lighter guys had slightly lighter dumbbells or kettlebells. So it was carry Mm -hmm. down and back. Everybody went once. Then it was carried. What what would be light? Oh, the kettlebells and dumbbells. I think we had like ninety and seventy. Thank God, I'm right. telling so you. Thank you, God, I didn't go with so Brad killing seventy. Hands. So, so if you had seventy, you got 140 <clears throat> pounds that you're walking. 80 Correct. Yards. Yeah. There you go. Then they carried the heavy med ball. Heavy med ball. How heavy? How heavy? They either had, I think, the 100 or the 80. So the big guys okay. got the 100. They, like, double so underhook another, it. Another 80-yard. Another yeah. Sprint. And then you the got sled. Little, you got a little break, though, right? Because you're waiting for the teammate to go. So you – Correct. Yeah, you do the event. You give it 110% collapse. But now you get to rest till the other three or four guys go. Yeah, Marty, you know what and I actually did, And then it's a different though? event. And then it's a different then event, right? Third event was the sled. And then that may have been it. Did, I think did we loaded was, up? Did you load it up? Uh, not crazy heavy. They were able to run with it. They were able to, you know, they were able to, like, give it a sprint. And we only did one round. I was being conservative. Like, I had never met these guys. What do you mean guys. one round? 80 yards? <clears throat> they did one set of each exercise. So everybody yeah. had their three and i think this is what i did marty this was fun i i think one team had one more guy so i said all right before we do the race get a 30 second huddle organize who you want first who you want last and for the group that's got the 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 guy less he had to do one more i think he he had to do one more sled or something like that so i said figure out who you want doing the extra who's first who's last so you were able to see them strategize and that's something that obviously they do all day all night so it was second (laughs) second nature but if you take that and implement it to a sport team you also build like a grit and a culture 
that is lacking in today's world where everybody's like, I want to be the guy. Well, you know, you need every, yeah, you got to earn it. And really you need everybody to just say the mission is the mission. Any group of athletes left in their own will figure out who's the leader. Yeah. Um, You know that old story. uh, It was a pro bowl in the sixties. And the coach said, all right, all right, everybody get out to their positions. And everybody knew Johnny Unitas ran out to play quarterback. Jim Brown ran out to play tailback. And then the other guys knew that they're going to stay on the sidelines while those guys ran out there. <laughs> right. Nobody had to question it. They just, they yeah. just knew, you know, and that they, and that's what you're saying. The alpha is always going to, yeah. going to come Jim, out. Uh, Jim, I want to ask you, you know, you were a head strength coach over at university of Pennsylvania for a number of years um how does what zach is having his guys do how did it parallel with what you guys were doing with sustained strength back then were there well, many we parallels was yeah yeah so we would do our regular lifting stuff and then we would always include something some type of carry mm-hmm. um in our running workouts so we would run two days a week at like 6 a.m and we would do you know different sprinting drills obviously and change of direction but we did farmer's walks we did buddy stuff you know we'd do we'd do piggyback runs you run you run 20 yards and then you got to switch at 20 yards relay races and the other guy's got to get on you and man you see some guys take some face plants you know when they start getting too fast so you got to learn how fast you can go without falling but um those things are very productive for and people don't focus on this enough and zach does but it's a toughness thing where you're in a game and you say there's no way those guys trained like I did exactly there's no way that on fourth and one I'm gonna fail because I finished that last rep when coach told me that it was important I finished that farmer's carry you know even though I felt like my lungs were gonna explode and and it's a coach's job to point that out to the kids like nobody's doing this this is why we this is why you never lose a game by an inch or a yard and how many days a week are you guys both having, or Jim, how many days a week did you have your athletes do it? And Zach, how many days a week are your guys doing it? Well, we did twice a week sort of officially, but mm-hmm. we had finishers after the weight. So we lifted four days a week. So we'd have some finishers. So <clears throat> okay, you know, we had a track in the weight room. So, you know, especially with the wrestlers, we did tons of farmer's walks. I mean, those guys were doing the 150s. Um, and, and that was... I- that was something that is, is imperative to them. There, there are certain types of athletes like the special forces, like the, the wrestlers who want to end a workout very exhausted. You know, they want to be tired. And yes. you have to, but you have to program that in because you just can't do it haphazardly and say, oh, we're going to kill these guys. You know, they got meet matches coming up. They got practices. You just give them enough where they say, man, that was that was perfect. You know, and so it's I was sign. at your um, at your school, Jimmy, you had those big wheelbarrows yeah uh, well welded and i used them remember i came there that time when i was traveling yeah, yeah. to uh so at the when i was at the college level we lifted that. yeah i remember those things they had thick grip on them so yeah, yeah. when i was in college we lifted three days a week then in season if you were a starter you lifted twice a week and then the red shirt or non-starter lifted three days a week with me um and i'm gonna say this um Working at the high school, I have said to many other coaches that kids are a lot more resilient and we got to stop babying them 
And so every day right outside our bubble, we don't have a steep hill. We got like a 15, 20, maybe 20 plus degree incline, but we hill sprint after and sometimes before every training session because they race. It gets them tough. And when we lift in school, because I have so many numbers, it's not kids don't know how to focus the way Marty and his crew can focus. Like you do a set, then you're watching, then your kids don't work that way. So what I do is let's say we'll look at like a squat day. You're going to squat for five reps, maybe three reps. Then you're going to do a jump. So I have it up on a whiteboard. So I have them do a jump for a certain amount of reps. Then they might go into another exercise It might be something like a chest supported kettlebell row. It might be a set of pull-ups, but they have kind of like a big lift. They pair it with some sort of power explosive. Then I get something else and it builds their fitness. And at the last football game, you're out. Hold on. Hold on. Let me just interject right there. Yes. Uh, Typically when I'm working with, somebody new and once we get past the understanding the, the techniques that we're looking for yep for like legs we would do i like to warm people up with calf raises so we'll go calf raise i don't know some sort of hamstring then squat so one two three rest so calves hamstrings squat rest i'll do three or four as you're warming up because you're taking your whatever nowadays it's 95 95 135 185 25 on those sets i'm doing tri-sets one two three and i'm having the people i train do them so they're doing one two three rest one two three rest one two three rest one two three rest for four past that it's squat only gotcha they'll hit their right so that'll drop away they might only do three sets where they're doing Cap raising, you know, uh, um, we're taking it because it's easy to go to failure on these isolation exercises. Cap raising, leg curl, who cares? Go to failure, right? So each set, you take it to failure, but it's a great way to get the knees and the ankles and the hips warmed up for the squat rather than just walking in and telling your kids, oh, start with 135. I think that's wrong. Yeah, we never do that. There's a pretty thorough warm-up for our athletes, similar to what I was talking about. On on the bench, I think Jim and and I are in agreement with this. A push-pull. I mean, you're standing around. You're just bent. Well, goddamn, um, excuse me, uh, do a row of some type, right? Yeah, because it's not going to affect your bench. It's not going to affect your bench. And it just, you know, the, you know, building a huge latch is so helpful for the bench, right? Yeah. Big time. Big. I mean, it's for great, for great benchers. Great benchers have those, you know, those lats that they use a, the breaking. They break the triceps on the lats on the way down. And that's, you know, it's a one, two. Okay. You just finished a set of tricep. What are you going to do? Set of curls. What are you going to do? You just stand there texting. Come on, man. Right. And it's so easy. Uh, JP, I know you've done this all, the, your, all your bodybuilding career, right? The superset. I love it. Even for powerlifters, <laughs> they have to talk about it. It's just, you're just standing there, man. Do, you know, do something that's not going to conflict. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. And the, well, you just mentioned if you're doing triceps, why stand around and do some biceps that gives you the most unbelievable pump in your arms. It's like the skin is ready to split. Exactly. Exactly. Let the kids do arms after every training. They're in two to three days a week. I I let them do arms. They love finishing with arms. Yes. And they buy in. Now they believe you. Now they're like, oh, he's a real deal. (laughs) Forget all the other stuff you just did. We're doing curls. It's, you know, I told you that I told that story that uh, I started doing just like you said, Zach, after talking to Frank Costello, Marty, you're familiar with him, who was the the original strength coaches and was a Olympic. And a seven foot two and three quarter inch high jumper. Yeah. I bought his book on plyometrics. Great book. 1980 in a lot of stuff and doesn't get enough enough credit but he said you know how i got maryland football in this 1972 to buy into lifting weights he arms, said, I'm yeah. every workout make with arm work and they would start walking across campus and people would start <laughs> making comments and they all bought in and he said i made randy white's arms 19 inches or whatever and, I, and people were buying in you know that's and really it, cool and all Jim, that when you stuff, all that little stuff is very important you know mental mental is how much of a percentage you can't, you know, who knows, but it's a huge deal, man. It's a huge you told deal. me that story way back in the day, Jim. And yeah. so when I got to this high school, I'm there two years. Yeah. I just stole that idea. That's because great. Because you're right. <laughs> if, um, if, if you can boost an athlete's confidence, yes. even if it's technically not this like perfect athlete, for example, when an athlete benches more, he has more confidence. Right. That is an advantage over the competition. And you know what else uh, Frank put in that book, which I love, is if you look at modern day plyometrics, everything's like one rep, three reps, so perfect. He was doing shit. He was talking about like jumping and bounding for two minutes, three minutes. Wow. He's talking about squat jumps for 10 reps. And so here's what I think is missing in a lot of athletic teams is a lack of that sustained power. And that's why I'm not afraid to do something that's more than three reps. What I try to do is kind of bring to life for these athletes, some old school bodybuilding, old school strength, and a lot of that old school conditioning stuff because right, it makes get, athletes tough. Yeah. Let me get a word in here. All right. So <clears throat> what that puts me mind in mind of, and you boys might be smart enough to know what I'm talking about. You remember Ken Shamrock's Inside oh, yeah. the Lions Den? Yeah. What oh, you yeah. had to do to get in? Yeah. Five, what you have to do to get in? Well, you started with 500 reps in the squat. Yep. And he said, and they said, of course, Ken didn't do it. He had his minions do it. But he said that right there eliminated about 85% of the guys. <laughs> well, Tank, can imagine Tank trying that? Tank, yeah, no, like, that's tank, all right. Tank, tank, tank's not going. No, tank's not looking for advice. <laughs> Five hundred reps, but what? What resistance were these guys using? Body weight, nothing. Nothing. Oh, body just body weight. Okay. Yeah, but you had to yeah. do five hundred, and uh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, that was just that was just like to get in the door. Yeah, and then all kinds of, but but I still have the book. I'm sure. Oh, so now it's on eBay for what twelve hundred dollars or something. <laughs> right uh well like your book (laughs) yeah we laugh at that but anyway that was that was the whole mma thing and it still is a drill one drill after another i saw what's what's the guy we like jim uh hackleman 
John oh yeah, uh, yeah, Chuck Liddell's old coach. Yeah, yeah, Chuck Liddell. And so they had Hackman. the uh, John Hackman. Yeah, and they had. I got a, a story about that. <laughs> All right, well, good. I'm going to let you tell it. So they had a sequence where they had five stations set up, right? And they would have what's the what is it? The Versa climber, the thing that goes up and you know you like yes. climbing up. Yeah, the with the handles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they had a. I think a Bursa climber at one station and I don't know, a set of kettlebells in the second station. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're waving ropes in the third station. You know, what else? Um, Heavy bag. Wearbarrow. Yeah. In there. Yeah, yeah, rocks. Yeah. Well, that's outside. That, yeah. That's after this. That's yeah. the outdoor drills. Um, so everybody would, would do the station and then the boss would walk to the middle and he'd go, time, right? And they'd... <laughs> I think they went for a minute and he go switch. And then they'd like hop down, hop up and go time. And they hit it again. I can't remember how many times they did it. They just showed the video of that's what they were doing. I thought, well, that's a, that's a cool way to do it. Then the outdoor drills consisted as of what Jim was talking about is they would do reps with increasingly heavy, heavy loaded wheelbarrow uphill. Uphill. Yep. His backyard, not a hill, kind of like a grade, right? And then a lot of medicine ball Throw. tossing against the wall and uphill and, and height, and yeah, all kinds of stuff like that, right? But that was the outdoor stuff was different than the indoor, which was like, okay, we will rotate stations, which I thought was very clever. Also, keep it interesting, yeah, that's a true. A little later, when, when I was, uh, for 10 years, I was pretty good friends with Mark Coleman, Mark the Hammer, right? UFC yeah, wrestler, fame guy. Ohio State yeah. wrestler. Yeah, he was. And, and Mark's sustained strength drill, because that's what he was all about, was he, he, even when he was doing his UFC thing, he was at Ohio State. He'd have five fresh wrestlers roll in and, and wrestle Correct. for two, two minutes, right? So fresh guy every two minutes. Here he comes, right? And of course, everybody wants to look good when they're wrestling the hammer, right? Yeah, so, that, you know, uh, um, Marty. Um, also, also, he told me, he said, Marty, if after my well, my final hill run, if I don't puke, I don't feel right. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's <laughs> an animal, man. He's an animal. What what Marty, when you strength, though. Oh, sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Well, re oh, he, wrestling is strength. He's lifting guys that weigh two fifty. That uh, is strength training, right there. Lifting yeah, isometric, isotonic. Group, yeah, and he grip, squatted isometric. heavy. He did all. He squatted and bench. <laughs> too. You know, he did it all. You got to do it all. You're facing the guys the best in the world. You can't leave any stone unturned. You know, I was listening to Dustin Poirier. The new, uh, he's fighting for the world championship, coming up, and he said, "In your day, you got to figure out how the most important thing is planning." Cause I have to do my regular strength training, which, you know, he squats and benches and presses and stuff like that. Then he does his sustained stuff where yep. he's doing his med ball. Then he's got to spar. Then he's got to do his mitt work yep. and he's got to do his yep. jujitsu. Yep. But uh, and you he's know, got to recover and he's got to recover. Exactly. And the only way he's going to do it is he's got to eat a lot and eat perfect because if he eats pizza and ice cream, he's going to get fat. <clears throat> yeah. And he's not going to be able to recover at all. And, and if he doesn't slam calories, he's not going to survive. Right. Yeah. You can't you can't handle that amount and buy and Zach that really leads into my next question which I know is is how does a normal person for you know we know the elite guys we know that yep Rutgers guy but a normal dude who let's say he does absolute strength training once or twice a week that's it 
but that's, that's good, but that's not enough. He wants some cardio. He wants some sustained strength. So how would you weave it in? Let's say he does his um, squats and benches on and triceps on Monday and his deadlifts and overhead presses and more arms on Thursday. Other than that, he's yours. So how, what would you fill him in with? You could take a day with like your accessory work and turn it into a circuit. So when I train adults, We'll kind of have many, like a excuse, excuse me. Let yeah. me ask you this: How frequency? How how many days a week would you like to have him, and how long would your sessions be? If he's training twice, let's say he's training twice a week with you, if yep. I would do once a week. What's interesting is so many adults oh, they're like, "What do I do in between it? the days?" I go train oh, cool. three days a week, yeah, and recover. Here's the problem: when people train a lot, they start to half-ass it, and they say, "Well, I'm coming tomorrow." So I'm not going to go so hard. Why not three hard days and be done? And I actually, you know, bodybuilding days. I remember when I, you actually, you mentioned circuit training. My, my mind jumps around a lot. Yep. I remember seeing John Kemper at Diamond Gym, who was yep. like a golden era bodybuilder. He was yep. training this lady. Her name is, was Renee Johns. I think she took second in the women's nationals for bodybuilding. Okay. I okay. watched him doing supersets with her. They did barbell row into dumbbell row, into bench press, into pull-ups. And I was like, he's circuit training for bodybuilding? And I think he was just pushing the pace, pushing a lot of blood flow. Well, and here, so, here, here, here's where that stemmed from. There was a guy named Bob Guida. Yeah, the PF, uh, PH, was it the PHA? Well, Peripheral PHA. Heart Action. Yes. Yeah. PHA. Which, is, which is circuit training. Yeah. And he, he you know, it... <clears throat> It got a little bit of traction in athletic circles. So, so Kemp, and Kemper came from that era. So he was just Correct. a smart guy. And, and you say he was training a, a, a lady? Who I think was like a runner-up well, well, the women's national. To me, this would be ideal, right? I mean, you know, you know, he's not doing it for himself. He was training with her. So he was, quote-unquote, older. Let's say I saw this in the was late he, 90s. Was he, was he competing? I don't know if he had, he may have just stopped competing. He used to win, you know, the masters. Yeah, he was good. Oh, he, oh, he was a good guy. He was a regular featured bodybuilder. Yeah. He was a big deal. Right. So yeah. he was training with her. And so once a week, I like to do, I even do it myself. I'll do it like middle of the week or the end of the week. I'll do a carry. I'll do a push. So it might be a dumbbell bench. It might be dips. I'll do a pull. So that might be a dumbbell row, a barbell row, or, or pull-ups. Uh, then I'll do something for like a single leg exercise. So it might be walking lunges with weights. And then I'll do a sled. So I'm doing like a full body, a push, a pull, something for unilateral legs. Then I'll do a sled. Well, and I'll do okay, like well, five how, exercises, how, how, five sets. Okay. Well, all right. We'll walk us through. So where do you start? I'm just give us the exercise. All right. So here we go. I'm the new guy. Come in. What do we start with, Zach? If you're a new guy or somebody who's got yeah, some training I'm, I'm, experience. I'm, 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 okay, I'm, Marty's coming in. He said, Zach, show me the, what you're going to do. Let's go. Yeah, so it gets you a good warm-up. You want me to take you through the whole warm-up? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I, listen, I don't go easy on people, so here we go. Start <laughs> off with some Start off with light sleds. My turf is about 60 feet long, so 120 feet. So you'll yeah. push or pull a sled down and back. You'll do 10 squats, 10 push-up, 10 recline row, 10 band pull-aparts. Do that two or three sets. 
then two or three so all right time out so yeah. you've done that that's just a warm-up all right all right now wait now wait now do it again yeah oh, oh oh wait okay do it one more time all right now go now we'll do some band work like band face pulls or band pull aparts for shoulder health then we'll do a one-arm kettlebell carry good for stabilizing the back so it might be a suitcase carry or a rack walk 60 feet we, each arm so my one, turf is one, 60 wait, wait, feet. Wait, wait, wait. One way or two ways? Well, um, you go 60 feet one arm, switch arms, bring it back with the other arm. Okay. Then a simple med ball throw, maybe a rotational med ball throw against the wall, 10 each side. And I'll do that for two rounds. So you got a carry, got a shoulder health exercise. The carries oftentimes, I hate using the word core, but it's your trunk, you know, stabilizing the back. Then you have some rotational Medicine ball throwing, which gets the wind okay. going, starts getting the body excited. How, how, how big a uh, medicine ball are you going to? Like 10 pounds, 10 pounds, oh, cool. eight pounds, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, too heavy. They, it looks like shit. So okay. you don't want to so go too heavy on them. That, so, all right. now, now, now we're ready to work. You got the blood have, pumping. Got your mind round, connected. One, one round of that. Two, two rounds. Two, two rounds. Very rare. I'll do just one round. And that's fast. Especially once you've gone through one round and you, I've taught you squat, lunge, push-up, or I've taught you one-arm carry and a med ball throw, the first round is like instructional. Second and third round, now we're, you know, we're moving. You understand how to get the range of motion. We're making small adjustments. And a new person, I always say, you need a break? Grab a drink. You know, if it's an athlete, we're never going complete recovery. You're almost ready, and then we go. So after that, then we'll start doing it. We'll do a carry. So think about the stuff I did with the, uh, with the tier one guys. We might go farmer walk. We might carry a, a keg. We might carry a heavy sand ball in front of the body or on the shoulder. Then we'll go with, let's just say dumbbell bench. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. How heavy, how far? Depends on your strength. You know, the stronger okay, you are, well, the heavier okay, we can. Okay, well, okay, well, I mean, you know, you know. You, this guy is the key. Press, all right, look, dude. A guy bench presses 300 pounds. What, what are you going to stick him with? I'll start him with just a pair of 53-pound kettlebells because some and guys then, okay, might be able okay, to okay, move okay, weight. Okay, but okay. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, pair that's of 63s. Excuse me. Pair of 63. So that's 126. Is that 60 down and 60 Correct. back? Down and back. Down okay, and back. Okay. All right. Good. Good. All right. So now wait. Now was that the that the first thing? First thing, full body All exercise. Right. All right, now what? Now let's go with dumbbell bench. Any angle. Could be flat, could be inclined. You could even, if we're going to do this for five sets, you could even do three sets flat, two sets inclined, just to mix it up. Going to go oh, 10 reps on the reps? first set. Okay. We're still, we're going to move weight, meaning round one is 10 reps. By the time we're on the last two sets, I want to do like some heavy sets of six to eight. So after we do the push, now we're going to do a pull. So let's say I'm going to go with a body weight instead of a row, a dumbbell row. I'll go with a pull-up. If you can't do pull-ups, you go to the recline row or the inverted row, some people call it, and that'll be 10 reps. Zach, are you going to do a failure on, like, say, the bench and all these other lifts? You're working, but you're never killing it. You always have one in the tank. You're never okay. going where the technique falters mm -hmm. and I, I i honestly think like this keeps technique in check and okay. um 
preserves the body. You know, people going in that training with poor technique, it's like I, I, I see it a mile away. I'm like, that's just an injury waiting to happen. Sure. So after the uh, recline row, now we'll maybe do like walking lunges. If it's an advanced experienced lifter, I'll do the full turf down and back. So 120 feet of walking lunges. They might hold dumbbells. They might hold a sandball. So we got the full body, push, pull. Then we got the lower body. Then I want to do a sled. Or if the person's healthy ankles, joints, and whatnot, I want to jump rope for a a minute. Would you push the sled down and back? Always. Yeah, I never do that. How much? How much would you load it up? I'll mix it. So I might go heavy where you kind of have to power walk it. Do do it as a percentage of body weight. Uh, it's I'm gonna, it's hard to say because some people's turf is that rubber pellet turf, and it's like don't be don't be evasive. All right, so let's go with um, let's see. If I go, I'll usually put like 90, uh, 120. So I'm going a little more than fifty percent of body weight, something like sixty okay. percent of the body weight. Okay. Yeah. That kid's a rough idea. I mean, it's not one hundred and ten percent. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Right. It's, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Five rounds right. of that. Five. Oh. <clears throat> yep then when okay. you're done when you're done with five rounds I'll, i still want to sneak some stuff and so i might do some hanging leg raises good opens up the shoulders i remember tommy Cono's weightlifting book has a lot of stuff where he talks about just hanging opening up your shoulders and back to stay healthy so we'll maybe do yeah. uh that hanging make, abs may i make a suggestion yes as a fan of hanging stuff strap up yeah, I remember you saying that. No, everybody says, oh, and it takes the grip out. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. If you want a real stretch, strap up. And yeah, take the grip out of the equation. Yeah, of course. And and just hang there, and you you only think that you've been stretched. So you put the straps on and just hang there like five times as long as you've ever hung there in your life. Because you can and all you got to do is stand erect and, that, and it's over with, right? But it is like a medieval torture rack. But you can tell that it is literally pulling you apart. It's and great opening, for the shoulders and back. Opening, yeah, opening up your spinal column and, 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 and just, just pulling stuff apart, right? But you grip Everybody says, oh, well, you know, the grip, forget the grip, man. The grip will just limit you so much in those things. And you, and everybody says, oh, they're such big fans of hanging. No, you're, you're a big fan of hanging with your hands. You've got to strap up and really hang. And I'm telling you, it's a completely different world. And the heavier you are, the more effective and better it is for you. Yeah, bigger guys definitely need it. I'd say more. Yeah. And, and everybody slumps forward in this day and age from either working at a computer or too much bench pressing. Right. So one way to correct that is, number one, do some overhead pressing and some behind the neck pressing. And number two, hang. Yeah, I had the when we were in uh, Virginia, I think I had the guys hang, not with straps, but probably five times throughout that 45 minute training session. Oh, <laughs> Every yeah. like. Every 10 minutes, I'd say, all right, get up and hang for at least 30 yeah. seconds. And somebody all, came up to me after and, up. They're all yeah, they, up. They're like, man, I feel great after that. They felt good. You know what their number one 
accident thing is, is jump, jumping. So knees, back, shoulders. Well, I, I think it also, Jim, isn't it all, Jim would know as well as anybody. Also, in a lot of the, when they fling themselves out of the plane, I think that that. Oh, the arch. I don't know, man. Just uh, they're all messed they have, up. It's mostly shoulders from jumping, man. They, they, yeah. they screwed. But, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, when we were mentioning them and then segueing into what Zach's workout is, what they tell me is so I'll train four or five of them uh, off and on during the year. And those, those spec ops guys will say, all right, I want to focus on some absolute strength for six weeks, coach. And then they'll say, hey, man, let's add in some strongman stuff at the end. And then they'll right. go exclusively strongman for, you know, six weeks or whatever. Then they'll, mm -hmm. you know, they, they're always alternating through. And, and they, what's interesting is how in touch they are with their bodies. And they'll say, I'm feeling like I need to move a little more. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little sluggish. I'm feeling like I need some cardio. I'm feeling like I need, you know, some strong. I like that. You know? I agree with it. And then they go back, you know, and they just cycle through and they cycle through what uh, coach I'm doing fighting five days a week now. So can we just go to with uh, press bench and squat? Yeah, man, mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's cycle it. They they're so in tune with their bodies. And I'm sure that's very similar to like, you know, a top level athlete who says, man, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling as quick, I, you know, or, or my uh, starting strength is okay, but my explosive strength, which is worked on with those throwing of the med balls, uh, I need to work on that, you know. A top-level to coach yeah. should actually be able to see that in the athletes. So it's if I like Charlie Francis, yes, exactly. Yeah, if that's right. I watch you compete or watch you just move yes. in the weight room, and I start saying, "Well, we're yeah. lacking some power." Well, then I'm going to incorporate more body weight, more jump training, even more like dumbbell work. So they got to like move quicker. Um, you can look at, or you can say, "Man, we just that's got ran true. all over the place." Zach, here's another one. You know what? You're spending way too much time in the weight room, and you've lost two, three-tenths of a second off your 40-yard time. We're going to have to shift things up a little bit. You're spending a little too long at the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that's an, it's obvious that plain is the nose in your face. Everybody says, how many? Yes, yes. I put my arm around the other day. He's a college <laughs> baseball player. And I said, what's going on, man? You, you got no snap in your cleans. Yes. Mm. And he's like, oh, well, we did extra batting practice. And my girlfriend came over. Then I had to study. Then I had it. You know, you can tell when you're in tune with an athlete. And, and that, to Zach's point, you should be able to see that. I mean, now, yep. obviously, if you're one guy and you got 120 kids or something, but, right. you know, oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're, if the ratio is, is in your favor as coach to player, I mean, you got to be able to see that. And that, that's a huge part of coaching that, you know, because everybody's so individual with, you know, I notice your finish, you know, what's going on. It's usually something very fixable, but it may be a case where Marty, yeah, let's, let's, we're going to lift heavy two days a week now because man, we need to work on this or that attribute. Yeah. Marty was talking about, you know, he's, he's written articles on Charlie Francis. Um, and Marty, weren't you saying that Charlie Francis was so in tune with his athletes, he could just listen to their steps as they were sprinting and tell that they were out of whack. And he'd say, take the day off, go rest. You're not a hundred percent. Right. It's even better. It's even better than that. JP. He, he would tell by, as they walked. No. Wow. You can look at their posture. Yeah, yeah. You could listen yeah. to them. Are they in a good mood? Are they laughing, joking? You, you know, you know, and this is wild. And this opened my eyes to it. Their number one 
diagnostic tool was expert massage. Hmm. And the, the masseuse would be able to tell by working on the athlete's oh, all muscles. Bound yeah. Uh, yeah, and they'd say, oh, not today. He's, these, these, these muscles are like <laughs> bow, uh, violin bowstrings strung too tight, right? And I can't work it out. Because, and they put their hands on it. And all the Eastern Europeans, <clears throat> like the most important guy in the team was the masseuse. Yeah. And, and they'd have to work on, on athlete after athlete after athlete. And Francis actually learned how to do that because the Canadians couldn't afford the full-time services. So he learned from guys and he put his hands, he said, Oh yeah, man. He said, you can tell. He said, you put your hands on a guy's hamstring or calves and you feel a knot or a, you know, and you try to work it out. But if you can't you say, Hey, look, not today. Yeah. You know, it's right? interesting, and they, Marty. And, they worked um, on, and also they would work on them after each race. Oh yeah. Like after each race, they do it like, <clears throat> Like like a reset, like a bunch of mechanics working on a car, you know. It was uh, you know wild, but he said putting the hands on. That's how we got that feedback. Marty, this is interesting. Along those lines, is um, the sport coaches in Russia were also the strength coach, so they were constantly in tune with the athlete. There was no, I'm the football coach. Now you go to the strength coach. Yeah. They were one of the same. And like you said, they learned, they would also empower the athletes to massage themselves and whatnot. But let's say I was the wrestling coach. I was also the wrestling strength coach. So if I'm watching and taking us through practice and I notice that we don't look strong, now I transition into maybe a short cycle of absolute strength. Or if I feel our conditioning looks like shit, Maybe I increase the way we wrestle or I change something in the rest. So they had a, um, I'll describe it. There was just a continuity that, you know, the, the same, the coach was one of the same. I would, I would imagine that they were state certified. Yeah, oh, they were yes. By the government. Sport for sure. Now, this yeah. is back. This is back. Iron curtain times, right? This Correct. Back before, Probably before to this day. Fell. To this day, as well, uh, in a place like Russia, it's, it's, a, it's, it's different. It's, it's a different thing. Back then, um, those were good jobs to have if you could become a certified coach, and particularly if, um, if if you were a master of sport, that was a very tough designation to get. And if you got one of those, then you could like, you know, not work in the zill factory or at the uh right Ukraine, your family Ukraine was taken care of well no it was a better job um you know and you got to become a on the teaching end of things so so that was a good deal but you know i, I want to swing back to something because i love your book the encyclopedia of underground strength and conditioning it's 400 pages if you have, if, if you're a parent and you have athletic kids, <laughs> you really need this book. Uh, Jim, do you have a copy of this thing? Of course. Great. I, I just love this thing. And, you know, Zach, I tell you, you, you go through it and it's like every conceivable 
drill, right? And I love the inventiveness of some of it. One of them, also, and all, all of your guys are in shape. I yeah. really appreciate that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, look at these kids. I mean, you know, and they and there was one in particular. So the kid has like, I don't know, a hundred pound bag on one shoulder. He's got a kettlebell in his right hand. He's got on a lifting belt. He's dragging a sled. He's got a horrific, he's got a horrific look on his face and he's walking up a hill. I just try I just trained with him this morning. I just trained with that guy this morning. I was like, I was like, that is the most gruesome drill ever invented. Look at that. A hundred times I want to kettlebell drag a sled. I said, this is incredible. This is like a being a Volga boatman. That was an early <laughs> photo, Marty, from early days training out of the house. I trained with my buddy who was a, he wrestled. He's now a cop. He's a pretty high ranking cop. And, and not surprisingly, he got a weight room installed at his headquarters. And so when he's in charge of a shift, he gives the guys an hour to train. Oh, he that's puts great, it, but uh, that, that, that's not my point. My point is that your book is incredible. The, the way that it's laid out, uh, the drills. Also, I think that the point that you get across that, that is lacking. And I picked it up on your, I missed it the first time when I read your cover and it's, it's how to get stronger and tougher. Yeah. And tougher. Now I never think of that because kind of always had it right but for those that don't have it this is really kind of a a, a great concept tougher it, yeah it's crucial in sport crucial could you put a finer point on that could you define that yes it's a confidence because i explain it to our football players you know we're we're neck deep in football season I go, when we train hard and you're going against tough opponent, tough team, you're not scared. You're saying, oh, I've been here before. Bring it on. I've done this before. I get goosebumps talking about it. You have a grit and confidence where you don't fear the guy standing across from you. And you don't develop that if your training is easy, if it's not challenging you. And sometimes, you know, like a gut check where you're like, holy damn, this is this training is kicking my ass. Sometimes you need to do those. You got to learn how to like perfectly place them. So you don't destroy an athlete or do it too often. You got to do it just enough where it takes their mind to another, to another level. And to me, when you're not tough, you will never win when it really counts. That's really the bottom line. So you'll always win when you're supposed to win. But when it's a close battle and you're not tough, you'll bail out somehow, some way. Yeah. 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 Jim. Yes. Jim, you've got, you're our, JP, I think you'd have to agree. Jim is our resident toughness expert. Sure. Well, we, I used to, you know, I used to have a big argument with, with, or disagreement <laughs> with college coaches, <laughs> with college coaches because, you know, they'd have a 20 or 19 year old kid and they'd say, Oh, now we have, you know, you got to make him tough. Well, hell, if he ain't tough by now. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's these formative years Correct. when they build upon those challenges and they beat the challenge, beat the challenge, beat the challenge, beat the challenge. Now it's part of them, you know, and even Normal. a kid and most kids really, they want to be pushed. And if you get it early enough, I mean, unless they're just a really, you know, lazy, you know, you just can't do nothing with them. Most of these kids, if they have any athletic inclination, inclination um, you can bring that out in them. You can bring that out and you can teach them, Hey man, you're going to go hard right now. And it's going to, you know what? There's a wrestler. I forgot his name, but he used to always say, it only lasts so long, you know, yeah. it's not going to last forever. You can make it, you know? Um, and so you get well, that mindset your, going. Your, and then, Jimmy, Jimmy, what did your boy Justin used to say? Remember from the seals? Yeah. So we had, a, a one of the special op, special forces guy. I said, man, how'd you make it through all that stuff, man? All the, and, and it's not just the week or what is that hell week or whatever it's, that and then green team and then you know it's all this stuff where they drop you off in the middle of utah in a with just another guy in the winter time in the mountains and they say we'll pick you up in a couple days you know that kind of stuff so he was i was talking to him and i said how'd you make it through he said well when it's hot i just say it's just hot and when it's cold (laughs) i just say it's just cold you know and just handle it so justin took that and he's down in tampa bay with the buccaneers he said, it'll be 110 on the turf. They're running play after play. And he's like, it's just hot. That's all it is. It's nothing. It's just heat. I can yeah, do it this. becomes normal. Tough yeah. things become normal. And then you're calm. Like, um, you know, the tier one guys, supposedly, they are in their calmest when shit's crazy. They, <clears throat> they just well, you like, revert to your training. And it's exactly correct. what you're doing. You're teaching those kids to revert to their training. Maybe not specifically, oh, I'm down in my stance on fourth and one, but they're going in their heads and going, oh, we did that hill run that time with, you know, 200 pounds on our backs. Uh, this is nothing compared to that, you know? Yeah, and also, just as you, in, you have, you're very valid. The type of training that, that you champion is very valid because not only does it improve the athlete's gas tank, right it also improves their pain tolerance yeah right that's the toughness it's like uh how do you get tougher well you carry this thing further you um remember how you used to set it down when you felt like this well now we're going to go another 10 steps that's right it's those little extras and by the way this generation doesn't respond to I'm a little bit younger than you guys. Our coaches, you know, would destroy us. Now you can't do that. You got to challenge them, leave them with a little bit in the tank. Next time, take it another 10 steps. Take it another inch. It's, it's this little, but Jim, you're correct. You need, you, there needs to kind of be this like interception of hard, challenging things in that early stage of life. Marty, I think parents listening should have the ultimate marriage of books is Purposeful Primitive with the encyclopedia. Yeah, and I told Jimmy a while ago, I printed his eBooks and uh, I don't, I can't really, I get crazy looking at a computer screen, but Jim has just stories of how he used to eat to force himself to get bigger training <laughs> that he did in the basement or when you were training in the, um, what was the fighting uh, that you did? Uh, the the boxing? No, no I, tough guy, tough man. No, tough man yeah. right? <laughs> right. Like you would do all these conditioning workouts. Yeah, man, that stuff is so powerful. And it's also 
I actually think it's more effective. I think a lot of the coaches today, they try to make everything so perfect. Let me tell you something. In an MMA fight, things go completely your other way. And they said a big reason why Connor cannot beat Khabib is Khabib is like he's always like in the dark. Like it's very much like what Dorian did in the bodybuilding world. He does not get away from the shit that built him, that made him great in the first place. He's... I can let me put a finer point on that because sure. that, uh, exactly this is uh, <clears throat> saw a very good documentary on the Jimi Hendrix of well uh, uh, they were talking about the Jimi Hendrix of bass called Jaca Pastoris and they said that well one of the things that he did that people don't understand is that he purposely cut down on his choices huh. but he got really good yeah at the limited choices. In fact, he got better than really good. He got better than anyone had ever gotten before using purposely limited choices. Yeah. And it's similar to what we do. It's very, it's a purposely primitive, right? The yeah. concept of let's, what's, what's the least we can do to get the maximum results, right? Yeah. And but, but, but master of training, one. Yeah. Yes. And with your training, Zach, again, this idea of this type of training, we are going to consciously seek to extend our pain tolerance mm-hmm. to become better yes. but at is, dealing yes. with discomfort. And it's not pain. Yeah. Pain is putting your hand over a flame yeah. like G. Yeah. Gordon Liddy, uh, 27 seconds. Yeah. No, that's not pain. This is extreme discomfort. You know, but people don't talk about it enough. That, that's a mental aspect that people, if you go to these national clinics, the strength coach stuff, it's all, you know, it, it looks great on a board when you put the graph up of your percentage chart and all that BS. Right. And it's great. And it all has a part. But man, if you can make a kid strong and tough, if you can teach a kid that mental aspect of pushing through. To take I mean, pride in that. Then you can they don't, do yeah. anything. You could do anything with him. And Coaches of today take, don't want to hear that. They think yeah, it's a bad word. If you went up there word. and gave a speech about that, it would inspire everybody, but everybody's too afraid about it. You to know, say, like, oh, tough. Oh, mental toughness is an overused word. Marty, yeah. when you mentioned Ken Shamrock, we got to remember, he left, you know, America and, and stayed in Japan and did all the shoot fighting. Who did he learn to train from? Probably, you know, men that were older than him who were taken to, you know, mountains to do that kind of crazy ass training, which is why they had, Remember pride fighting. Those guys yeah. were fucking. Oh, sorry. Those guys were such savages. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that was just normal for them to do all that fighting and have an MMA fight with no time limit and no rounds. Do you remember like yeah. Sakuraba was beating Gracie's? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he'd fight him for two hours. Yeah. He was ready to die. You know, today if somebody gets the wind blows too, you know, strong, the doctor says you have a concussion, and that's where. We need coaches not being afraid to safely build these kids up. And I, I think coaches complicate stuff too much. And then in turn, it's, you know, we get nothing, no results. And all we're asking them to do is carry that, those two 22-pound kettlebells instead of 45 feet, 60 feet. It's not like we're asking them to get a concussion. It's just that You're- their arms will burn a little harder, a little longer. Five more seconds. Five more there steps. Yeah. There you go. When they're pushing there the prowler, I used to say you got 10 yards. 
You got you got on, seven man. yards. You yeah, got or you're past yards. halfway. Come on, you got two yeah. freaking steps. Yeah. Anybody can do two steps, man. Come on. Yeah. Fourth you're, and you're, one. Let's go. Kids love you're, that stuff, man. Kids love kids. Kids <laughs> want that stuff, it. even though their moms and dads are telling them, "Oh, don't do too much," and "Oh, Johnny, don't climb the tree," and all that. They are dying inside for that. That's what we're oh. meant to do. Dude, That's what we're meant to do. You keep the Jimmy. freaking parents out of there with their bumper stickers of their little stick family on there and get your ass in here and work out, you know? Oh, there's kids at, uh, at my school, I'll program three lifts a week. Yeah. And, um, we had some freshmen You're talking about how kids love it. This one kid's like, I don't know if I could get a ride. Da, da, da. He gets to the first lift. I can't get him out. He's in Monday through Friday. Great. I go, what happened right. to the ride? What happened to the ride problem? You know what happens? You're right. He's young. He start realizing how awesome it feels to get stronger and better. Walking down the hallway, you feel better than everybody else. <clears throat> it's a whole mental mind thing. It's 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 yeah. so important, man. You know, I'll tell you a story. I won't brag on my kid, but I'm going to. I have a nine year old Max who who's been boxing for four or five years, and he was out there the other day in the garage. This is a couple months why, ago. Why did he start? Why did he start so late, Jim? <laughs> I know. I tried to get him in the crib, but man, he was just kept that stupid binky. I got rid of the binky. Anyway, so he's out there hitting Bob, and I, and I think he was doing three, four minute rounds. I mean, he's got a little motor, and he starts to get a cramp in his side. You remember how you used to get those when you were a kid? Yeah. And I could see he's he, it was it was killing him. But I was like, you only got a minute. You only got forty five <laughs> seconds, and he's crying. But he didn't stop. <laughs> but he didn't stop. Now, if that don't help him down the road, I don't know what will, man. I'm telling you. Now, look, do not, do not let him see the movie Raging Bull. Okay. <laughs> where, where De Niro's going, can't knock me down, Ray. Can't knock me down. Yeah. Don't let him see that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think that. And it kills you. As a parent, I want to I say, you know, initially in my head, I'm, I'm like, oh, all right, man, you can take it easy. But I, I know that's not doing him any good. It doesn't do him any good. You know, push we through have, this, we, and the next thing you'll be able to push. And I say to him, you remember that time, you know, you got a big game this weekend. You remember that time when you pushed through that cramp and you didn't know if you could do it? Well, now we got this tough game coming up. You can do it. You, you've done it before. Train, hey, train, training tough yeah. builds the mind, and that is a missing link in all these perfect programs that are devoid of basics and devoid of hard work and um, – Look, and it's emotion. not going to – yeah. We're, Thank you. Thank you. What would you say, Marty? An emotion. An emotion. How important is that? How important Action. is that? <clears throat> that, that yeah. My guys my guys all get gains because they train together. They get that group dynamic going. Everybody has a single-minded focus. Everybody's doing the same lifts. After a while, you become aware of everyone else's progress. Yeah. 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 You know, you know what's going on in their little drama, right? I'm, I'm like the orchestra conductor, right? Okay, this week, you know what? You look a little slow. How about, uh, see if you can set me up. What's your best set of 10? Yeah. Mm. Oh, 175. Let's try to do that today. You know, you know what I mean? Just so you shift around depending upon, but it's so dependent upon yeah. the group vibe. The group lifts the everybody's performance to the next level because you have people whose opinion you care about yes. looking at you that's huge. That's huge. as you are lifting and you might only be doing 165 for five but 
you got guys that are sitting there and they're loading for you and they're spotting for you and they're exhorting for you. If you struggle, if you struggle, if you've got guts, they will respond. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, as part of that coaching, you say to them, they go, Oh man, that set was hard. Right. Martin, you go, man, you had three more reps. You could have done three more. You had at least three more. And you had another 20 pounds. And JP, you've looked at the thousand for two by Kirk, right? Yeah, sure. Well, I had a, a somebody email me the other day, man, coach, look at this set. Look how hard it was. And, and I knew in my head they, you know, they probably had another 50 pounds in them. If you yeah. watch Kirk's thousand for two, that first one was a mother, right? And the everybody thought one, he was going to put it back. Do you yes, see that? And the second one, he pushed through. And so I send that video to people and go, that's a hard set. Yeah. Oh, that's what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's how a, that's how a guy who shouldn't be able to do it for one does it for two. Because right, his yeah. mind is so strong. That he his mind was, I mean, as strong as his body was, man, he had the he had the psych of a demon, boy. I'll tell you what. Yeah, he, he, and, and yes, and it's the top of his list, man. You know, you talk about it, you talk about emotion. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny um, when you guys talk, when I teach the squat, I tell them that um, it starts in your mind, actually, before you even touch the bar. Yeah. I don't say first hands, first this. So I tell them, if you know we're squatting Monday, you should be thinking about it on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or exactly. Are you having them Always visualize? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm working with high school kids, but what Always I'm trying to the bring them. I'm trying to bring to them what you guys always talk about so that they're not just going, because when they're in our high school weight room, you don't come in with a phone, you don't have AirPods. And if you look in a traditional gym of today, everybody's on there. There's nobody to mentor you because I can't talk to you anyway. You have your ears plugged in. So to now it's, hey, I just saw that dude with his back rounded on the trap bar. You said nothing to him. You ain't a good teammate. You see that from the get-go. You need to help them get the back yep. flag, go over to technique. So when I have these large numbers, you know, I got to turn everybody into a coach. But I think the biggest thing is mindset is I tell them, like, when you're coming in here, you – even when I coach, like, my alter ego kicks in. A couple of, I kicked my own son out of my gym a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> I, I tell these kids, I go to the weight room, I told the weight room doesn't care how much money you got in the bank. They don't care about the car that you got for mommy and daddy. I go, it only cares about effort. So if I shut off the music, I could take a look and see work ethic. If a recruiting coach comes and watches you on the field, they don't necessarily know your work ethic. They're going to see your talent. So I tell them outwork everybody. And yeah, when we get into squats, I tell them it's in your mind. You already know you should have visualized what you're doing and be thinking about it. And they, they all think I'm crazy, but we're at the two-year point where it's, it's sad connected. that they haven't heard that. It's sad that it's, they haven't heard that. Before. Right. Now it's connecting, though. Now it's oh, starting to make sense. Yeah, you're in there for a reason because that's going to make a huge difference in their lives. And, and to your point, when the NFL scouts came wherever I was to, to talk about a kid, they didn't go to the football coaches. They came right to me. Okay, yeah, character and work to. That's the first person they're writing down notes. Is he the first person in? Is he a good leader in there? Does he bust mm-hmm. his ass? Is he the last kid out? Does he do extra? That's they what don't they want to deal out. with. Yeah, they don't want to deal with drama. Hey, guys, I got like two or three minutes here before okay. I got to head back. 
Yeah, let's wrap it up, Zach. Let's um, let's see. Uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can get your book, uh, the Encyclopedia? We don't even know. <laughs> Marty and I laugh at this. Like it's pro- it's sometimes it's- available on Dragon Door. Oftentimes, just the Kindle is available on Amazon. So it's oh, like my. you gotta you gotta try to maybe <clears throat> find it. Um, I don't know. All right. On eBay or a <laughs> secondhand bookstore. Uh, I, I have an autographed copy <laughs> by Marty Gallagher here on sale for a thousand dollars. Zach, your website, your website is zachstrength.com. And that's yep. for uh, uncensored newsletter and free training courses. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, as we all know, you post stuff about strength training on social. It, it just things. So I, I like to write pretty frequently through that newsletter. And then I got my podcast, the Strong Life podcast. I think right. Marty has been on several times. Jim yeah. has been on a lot of times. So yeah. it's all a lot of podcasts with these guys. Yeah, you're always doing something. And, and then your social, uh, whether it's uh, you're, you're on Instagram for sure. Um, I think you're on uh, Facebook, but it's at Z Evanesh, and that's yep. Z E V E N E S H. Look him up on uh, on social media. Was there anything else you want to? You got anything coming up? Any workshops? Anything going on? I don't. I'm probably not I, doing I anything not. until next year. Yeah, I hope you're not adding anything. I think you're doing enough as it is. <laughs> I'm I'm doing less of that stuff and more catching my kids uh, sporting events. So Good. I'm not miss I'm not missing that stuff. And next up has to be like a trip to Marty's house and to the shed. <laughs> so, yeah, and for some barbecue. That's it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. To me, those 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 are the best. And I, I got to say this, you know, with coaches, I think that's what they don't do enough of is go and expose themselves and train under, you know, somebody like Marty and Jim where mm-hmm. you got to stop looking at the computer and actually get under a bar to figure shit out and um, right. get, get somebody to rip you apart and say, look, man, you got to sure. change things. I, uh, I ran into a couple interns from a division one university and I, I, you know, it's very hard. I can't imagine you got guys that could easily bench three fifteen in a division one university these guys look like they couldn't squat 315. And to me, that <laughs> makes a big lifted. disconnect, right? So how do you even communicate with those athletes when you haven't even touched a weight like that? And so I think training and yeah. doing the thing is um, step one. It's, it's That's the most important. Absolutely. All right, and then check out Marty's weekly column. Exactly. Marty Gallagher. Sure, that was great. Thank you, guys. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. All right, boy. Buddy. All right. Thank Bye, you, Bye, guys. Thank you, Marty, Jim, and JP. Bye, guys. You know, uh, real quick, JP, we're just talking about coaches and all that. And and so when I was coming up, the strength coaches looked like big-time strength coaches. I saw a picture the other day of John Gamble and John John Dunn, who was a power lifter also. That was the staff. That was the staff at Virginia. They both had 21-inch arms. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, it gives you – it, it gets you a whole new level of respect. It's like, all right, this guy is practicing what he's I, preaching. You I, know? I, have, I, have a, I have a John Gamble, Billy Dunn story that we'll tell. Bill Dunn, okay. Some future date. Yeah. Uh, but Marty, isn't that true? They were monsters, man. They lifted. Yeah. They competed. Um, oh, my God. I saw 
I went to a strength camp one time at Maryland when I was a kid and the strength coach did 315 20 times or something like that on the bench. Yeah. He had striated triceps and stuff. I was like, yeah. yes, you know, and at some I point to learn from him. Yeah. And at some point, you know, physical therapy sort of made its inroads and the guys started getting little 137 pounds with a visor on and a pencil behind their ear and they could talk a good game, but 225 would bend them over like a uh, good morning. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, could, we could do a whole whole show. I now. know, I know. It makes me crazy that I was – yeah, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> you sure? Let's put it in a blog. Don't worry about it. All right. For anybody who wants to check out uh, Marty's articles, we put one up a week, a new one. Uh, this week we've got uh, Recovery Accelerators for Weight Training. Good one. Go in and check that out. It's at ironcompany.com. Go to the top of the website, go to articles, and you'll see uh, Marty's section there. And also uh, check him out on Instagram at the Marty Gallagher. And then his wife, Stacy's website is functional-strength.org. And of course, for all your gym equipment needs, including kettlebells, bumpers, dumbbells, barbells, and more, uh, we've got everything stocked up, you know, pricing, inflation, everything is going sky high right now. We stocked up the warehouse yeah. on most everything before all this went down. Uh, so check us out for best quality products and uh, best pricing. You can also check us out on Instagram at ironcompany.com and dot is dot ironcompany.com. And then last but certainly not least, is Jimmy Steele and his articles. And he's got a really good one up right now. It's called uh, Powerlifting Training in Competition. Uh, he talks about his own, his, own, um, uh, his own experience coming up with, with powerlifting and starting out and competing and goals that he set for himself. So it's, it's very interesting yeah. to check that out. And then, of course, if you want to go to his website and look at all the other stuff he's up to, it's uh, bass bossbarbell.com, B-A-S barbell.com. Yes. And that's it, guys. All that's right, enough, man. right? That was yes, good, man. Thank you. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Bye.